Hi, I'm Dr. Emmanuel Aiko. The early signs of a heart attack can vary. The most common include squeezing across the chest, a feeling of unease, and a sense that something just isn't right. It can be easy to dismiss the early signs of a heart attack as the symptoms don't always feel severe. It's never too early to call 999 and describe your symptoms. Your NHS is here for you. Well, look at this! Here's the guy here just in the nick of time! What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir! Ain't we just? I can't believe I finally got through the goddamn play. Oh, well, it's a rental car. I don't care. Yeah, hello, Chicago. Woo, how you ladies doing? What are you doing? Yeah, this is my car. I just bought it, baby. How you doing? Who are you? I'm Mark Curry. How you doing? I'm going to do my HBO One Night Stand inside. HBO? Mark Curry? I ain't never heard of no Mark Curry before, but I know Robert Towns. What kind of shows have you been on? Well, I've been on Apollo. Apollo? Sinbad going to be in there? No, it's my special, Mark Curry. Is Damon Wayne or any of the Wayans going to be in there? This is my special. Hey, you gonna say you're all gonna be in there? No, you little mutant Jimi Hendrix. My special. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the hilarious comedy of Sinbad. You know, if I was MC Hammer somebody, I'd have came out here, women have been rushing the stage, y'all been standing up, Hammer! Hammer! Y'all were... So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go backstage, I'm going to come out again, and I want y'all, this is on HBO, y'all going to make me look bad. Run, run up to the front like you're on, on Soul Train. All right? Now, I'm going to go back, set the lights back, drop drop it back down. And the dude that announced me, don't say nothing. I'll just introduce myself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of Atlanta, Georgia, we'd like to bring to the stage a young man you've seen at Showtime at the Apollo. You see him on a different world. You see him at Kermit. And now he's here live in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Martin Luther King Chapel on the Morehouse campus. We're going to do a song that you never heard before. Hello. 
Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm currently staring out of a window, looking at grey skies while it's raining in the UK, and looking at my Facebook page and watching all our friends enjoy Sunny Can for this week. <laughs> Hi, I'm producer Dave, and uh, no, I'm not looking out the window at all because it's too depressing, but I have seen those photographs on um, on Facebook and uh, Shakespeare sisters and Dom Noir having glasses of wine in their hand and, and smiling prettily to the camera in the sunlight is making me jealous. And, uh, yeah, you're right. And Giles Olsen and Jenna Suru, all, all of them meeting up, doing high fives and whatnot and, 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 and standing by the beach and watching fireworks and drinking margaritas and mojitos early in the morning. It's like, it makes me sick. You know, that? it just, it just, it, it makes me sick. How, how dare they produce this? How dare they? <laughs> Honestly. Yes. You know, Yes. Do they, they have no decency making me feel <laughs> making me feel this way? Uh, I'm kidding. I mean, they 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 are all very very talented people who are flying. They deserved it. Absolutely, they've done, they've put in all the hard work. Shakespeare sisters, especially uh, you got uh, Jenna Suru, all of them, all up there. Don Lenoir as well as Karaburu. Uh, they, they've taken uh, When the Screaming Starts over to Cannes. Giles Olsen has his, uh, I think, three-day millionaire. He's up there in Cannes. A whole bunch of people that we know are up there. And uh, don't worry, Producer Dave, I'm, I'm going to make it one of my missions for us to do a Shoot the Breeze episode in Cannes, where we'll have to be there um, and we'll record live from Cannes and tell people how things are. You know, show, show, them, show them how... How the uh, what you know the enjoyment part of the film industry actually is. We get to see you know films and TV shows and watch these people and you know be characters and tell us stories. But then obviously they switch off and they they have to blow off some steam while they sell their movies and whatnot. So that's one of the areas in particular that is it's like the the yearly holiday that people go and have fun in camp. So. Yeah, we wish them all the all the all, every success that they can get while they're there for the next couple of weeks. And when they come back, we're going to drag them into our Zoom sessions and uh, get them to make us relive all of that again by them telling us how wonderful Cannes was. Uh, and I don't, I don't sound. I hope I don't sound too bitter in 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 in, in what I'm saying. Producer Dave, do I sound bitter? You want to live vicariously. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I, wanna, I don't want to live vicariously. I want to live. <laughs> I, wanna live. I know you want to be there. So do I. But, you know. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, you know what? So, in fact, here's what we're going to do. And I'm sure a lot of you who are listening to this show are probably thinking, you know what? I'm sick and tired of just Just like Marcus. I agree with Marcus. I'm sick and tired of hearing of these people going and swanning around in sunny can. I want to do, I want to listen to something else. So we're going to do a little bit of counter-programming today. So, producer Dave, are you ready for it? Are you are you ready for counter programming? Uh, tell me what it is. <laughs> All right. So, rather than talk about films and TV shows uh, this week, we're going to talk about stand-up comedy. So, we're going to jump into in this, in, this, in after our we'll do our um, uh, film and TV news area, just so we can do that segment, just so we can get rid of some of the you know do some of the housekeeping. Uh, and then we're going to move into talking about stand-up comedy because we've got a number of stand-up co stand comedians who are doing a show uh, at the Blue Electric Theatre in Camberwell. They're going to be coming on to tell us about what it is they do, how they, you know, how they got into comedy, 
some of the various aspects of comedy that uh, you know that have influenced their career. And those two comedians are Fitzgerald Hunger and Brandon Palmer. We interviewed interviewed them separately. I interviewed Fitzgerald by myself, and then producer Dave and I uh, were delighted to have Brandon Palmer come on and talk about uh, some of his performances. So we'll be talking about them during the spotlight segment. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Blue Electric Theatre in Camberwell. And producer Dave, you were trying to figure out off off air. You were trying to figure out where the Blue Theatre, uh, Blue Blue Electric, sorry, Blue. I keep calling it Blue Electric. It's Blue Elephant Theatre. I apologize. The Blue Elephant Theatre. Did you figure out where it was? Oh yeah, I know exactly where it is. It's in uh, Camberwell, just off on Bethwin Road. Uh, if you want the postcode, it's SE50XT. Just, just so you can put that into your sat nav if you need to get there. Excellent. So that, well done. Thank you very much, Producer Dave. So we're going to be putting links to, uh, to the tickets for the event into the show notes. So those of you listening to the podcast, you'll be able to get that. Uh, but yeah, you can just you know search for Blue Elephant Theatre uh, from the 1st of June, and you'll be able to get comedy tickets to go and see Fitz, Honga, and... Uh, Brandon Palmer, as well as a number of other talented comedians who are on there. Uh, it is part of a project uh, upon which I'm working, and I will talk about that in a little bit more detail, maybe in a couple of weeks. I won't jump into it just yet. Uh, the last year, I talked about the whole Idiot on the Writer's Block project, which is still going. It's it's currently it's, it's had a very nice run, about 52 videos on YouTube. It's doing very well at the moment. Uh, so I'm now expanding but i'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks when we come back and we discuss that but just as we're leading into that we figured we'll bring on some stand-up comedians to talk about some of their performances and then lead that that's kind of like a hint as to what's coming up later on anyway before any of that stuff let's do some film and tv news so on our film and tv news this week now again we're going to be staying a little bit away from the Cannes Film Festival, but we're going to be talking about a couple of things that have just popped out. Uh, you know, they, in fact, one in particular that I wanted to talk to producer Dave about. Producer Dave, have you now seen Moon Knight on Disney Plus? Uh, no, I still haven't. No, okay, I haven't so got there yet. Haven't. All right, fair enough. Because, um, I, and I'll, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, um, it, but. Remember, do you remember what I said the last time when I watched it, when I uh, watched the finale? Do you remember what, what my sentiments were? I don't know, you don't have to remember exactly what I said, but do you remember what the sentiments were uh, that I gave after watching that, that uh, TV show? Um, you were kind of disappointed with the ending. You said the previous episode was a, was, was a slam dunk, but uh, the ending was, you, you were slightly disappointed and you were going to do some research into it. Yes, so I was I was baffled. It it, it left me it, it it left me, and I can I'm, I can I'm just trying to pull back that feeling that I had. It was sort of the same way you feel after eating a McDonald's meal. So you eat a <laughs> McDonald's meal, and at the time of consumption, it tastes great. But maybe fifteen to thirty minutes later, it just either makes you feel sick or it just goes away and you think, what did I consume? I'm still hungry and so on. That's kind of how I feel about Moon Knight. And I'm pretty sure someone's going to come in and disagree with me. However, I did do some research. I checked out some other reviews 
And it seems I wasn't the only one who felt that way, right? It's like it was more of a, it's flashy, it's colorful, there's loads of fight scenes in it, but it doesn't resonate and it doesn't just stick, it, it didn't stick the landing. However, I am open for debate. I'm open for anyone to convince me otherwise. I may want to go back and re-watch, which then kind of brings me back to my whole argument about binge-watching versus episodic watching, where episodic watching sets you up for that, was that it, kind of situation. Whereas binge-watching, because you can just go through and watch everything and you remember what you were watching before, just as you jump into the next episode and so on and so forth, whatever themes, impacts are you know, put on display will be, they'll be more impactful because you're watching it, you've seen it, and then you can then go and understand what's happening next, as opposed to watching it this week, not watching it for a whole week, then go and watching the next episode. There might be some things, that, some threads that were dropped or some threads that was, were started and you've forgotten about them. And then you're like, why is this coming in? And so on and so forth. Anyway, the reason why I'm bringing Moon Knight up is because, and I'm going to ask you, producer Dave, have you seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Not yet. Um, that's okay. next on my list of movies to go and see in the in cinema. Okay. I have you have, seen it? I have seen it. Um, I, okay. My, my, I liked it. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll put it this way. I liked it. Um, in the list of phase four films and TV shows, let, let's keep, let's keep the TV shows aside for now. Let's focus on the films. As part of the phase four films that have come out so far, we've had Black Widow. We've had Shang-Chi and Legend of Ten Rings. We've had The Eternals. We've had No Way Home. And now we've had Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So those five films have now come out. My favorites in order are No Way Home, uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, Shang-Chi, Black Widow, Eternals. That's my order. Because, and some people might think, well, hold on, it's because, you know, why? So it's, there are various reasons as to why I dislike all of them. And I'd like to do a spoiler episode where we can go through some of those ones. So, in fact, Producer Dave, I'm laying down the gauntlet for you. You have two weeks to watch those five movies. Refresh I've watched all, except... Um, except Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, I've watched them all. Yeah. So it's going, to be easy for, it's going to be easy for you. So here's what I, wanted, I would like you to do. I would like you to watch Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness as soon as you can. And what we're going to do, we're going to find some time and we're going to dedicate an entire, just one episode to discussing those five films and why we feel the way we are. And I'd love to get your your um you know hierarchy in fact since you've watched the other four what is your current hierarchy in the four um of the those ones it would be no way home shang chi and black widow and eternals tie oh so pretty much oh you said you went with tie though okay you went with tie um fair enough but it, yours is similar to mine. 
So we just need to see what you feel, how you feel about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Because if Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness for you is superior to No Way Home, then obviously that would be your number one. And then uh, the other one would be No Way Home would be number two. For me, No Way Home is number one and that one is number two. But we'll talk more about that in our spoiler episode. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we are going to be jumping into our uh, spotlight uh, section where we will speak with two comedians, Fitzgerald Hunger and Brandon Palmer. I'll talk to Fitzgerald first and then we'll both talk to Brandon Palmer straight after. And this is Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance FM. I'm Marcus Iaco, and I'm here with a stand-up comedian who's going to tell us their name and how long they've been doing stand-up comedy. Uh, my name is Fitzgerald Hunger, and I've been doing stand-up comedy since uh, about 2015, so a while now. Had a couple of shows before then, but then that's the time I'll say I've, I've definitely stuck and committed to doing stand-up. Fitz, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Um, so... Tell us, why did you decide to do stand-up comedy? It was a thing where uh, I decided to do stand-up comedy because I, was never, I wasn't afraid of public speaking. And it was something I was always interested in since I was about 15, actually. I, wrote a, I read a book on stand-up. I didn't really get what it meant by double entendres at the time. It was kind of, it was a bit weird to me. It was only as late as I grew older, I kind of understood the meaning. Um, but I was in uni, and when I got out of uni, I said, you know what, let me actually try to pursue this. So I went to a stand-up show. Saw some open mic comedians and like everybody will tell you when they start stand up, like I can do that. I can. I may not be super funny right now, but I can definitely do what those people on stage are doing. And yeah, from there, just continued progressing through stand up. And obviously, you know, as you've been progressing, trying to get uh, yourself, you know, getting your your tight five, your tight seven, etc. You must have obviously encountered mm-hmm. other comedians who've given you advice on your journey. Can you help us with some of the best advice that you've got uh, in stand-up comedy? Yeah, I think the very first show I got off stage and I saw one of the comedians and I obviously was brand new to the circuit, so I didn't know who's who, but I can tell this person clearly I've been doing it a lot longer than I had and was clearly good. So I went up to him and then asked him for advice. And the first thing he said to me was keep on doing it. And it was so obvious and so blatant. And then it's the type of thing that kind of fueled me as I progressed through comedy. And I never really asked other comedians um, mainly for advice after that, just because the way he said it to me was so matter-of-factly. And I could tell it's not the first time somebody's asked him that question. And not that he was fed up, but or he was uh, being condescending. But it was the only answer you could really give somebody who's starting out doing comedy is just keep doing it. I can't really critique you on your set because you're going to have to learn and grow by yourself. I can't tell you to act a certain way. You always give people pointers. And if you really have to give them advice, do. But then my main suggestion is, well, my advice to anybody starting out stand up is just keep on grinding and keep on getting on stage as much as possible. I was gonna, I'm going to throw the flip question to you. What's the worst advice you've received yeah. in stand-up comedy? It's weird. I mean, it's more unsolicited advice. That's the worst, it's the worst type of advice where 
you don't really know you needed it or someone will say something, oh, you know, maybe you should do that. And you think in your head, why wow, it was perfectly fine. But clearly that person saw some chinks in your armour and just wanted to kind of give you a couple of pointers, you know, oh, maybe you should call that person this or maybe you should say this. And a lot of the time, you know, it's well-meaning and it's meant to be helpful, which, you know, you take as that of face value. But a lot of times it's like, oh, cheers, I thought, I, you know, don't worry, I, I kind of knew what I needed to work on. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm here with stand-up comedian Fitzgerald Honga, uh, who is about to do a, a performance at the Blue Elephant Theatre. Now, this is the first time I'm hearing about uh, this theatre. Please tell us, what is the Blue Elephant Theatre? Well, the Blue Elephant Theatre is like an amazing um, community kind of led uh, theatre space, fringe theatre in Camberwell. Uh, it's been there since 1999 and is put on a whole range of um, uh, different acts uh, from dance, drama, a lot of um, children-led uh, plays. It's got a lot of youth organisation, the youth organisation kind of um, workshops that go on, kind of entrancing, entrancing, entrancing kids from the local community to kind of learn about acting and come out and show shows and stuff. And then I joined volunteering initially in around about 2015-16, where I met the artistic director, um, Neve and Joe, who are both left for various reasons at the moment. But um, they embraced me. I've done a couple of um, plays there, myself acted there, and I've been able to perform stand up there. But it's a really nice venue, really well run, and kind of just loves promoting kind of like local um, acts, as well as like international stuff. It's, it's a really great space. And you're doing it, uh, you're, you're doing a kickoff uh, comedy uh, comedy performance uh, on the 1st of June, is that correct? June, yeah. yeah, 1st of June. Excellent. So tell us who's on the lineup for the uh, for, for that. Is it going to be a reoccurring event that occurs at the Blue Elephant Theatre? We hope so. It's, it's going to be the first of probably many super successful nights there. Uh, the first show, as you mentioned, the 1st of June, uh, Doors uh, at 7, show at 8pm, got six amazing acts from the circuit. So me being in the circuit as long as I have, I've been able to see a bunch of amazing talent, people who all different skill levels, all different type of styles. And so we've got um, Chin Wang, Michael Hall, uh, Kate Lovelock, Davina um, Bentley, Ronwin Sweeney and Brandon Palmer. Six amazing acts, all diverse, um, different uh, stage presences, presence, different energy and attitude. And yeah, so they're going to be doing around uh, 12 minute sets. I'll be emceeing the show getting everybody in the mood, and I'm, I'm, I know it's going to be a great show. We're going to be talking to Brandon Palmer in a few minutes, so uh, yes, we'll get to, I'll, I'll see if I can get, are there any embarrassing stories that you want to tell us about Brandon just before we start talking to him so we can bring it up in conversation? No, every time I met Brandon, he's been amazing. He's been, uh, seen him on the circuit, killed it, seen an MC, he's killed it. He's a lovely guy, uh, you know, just give him my, my well wishes and love when, when you speak to him. Okay, I'll tell them the complete opposite of what you said. Yeah, okay. So, well, you say, yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, so just to remind people, uh, it's at the Blue Elephant Theatre. Um, where is the location? I know it's the 1st of June. Where is the location? It's in Camberwell, so you can easily get to it from um, Vauxhall, Oval, uh, Elephant Castle. Yeah, it's like um, really well bus links there. And then, yeah, Elephant Castle and Oval, the closest two tube stations. And if people want to get tickets, how, how can they get tickets? Go to blueelephantfeatre.co.uk. Um, um, uh, you'll see on the what's up, what's on page. You'll see um, the blue elephant, the blue elephant theatre comedy show, and you can get tickets there. Excellent. We're going to put links uh, to the, uh, getting the tickets 
on the show notes for the podcast is going to go out. Uh, but we'll definitely, because we want to do the same thing, we want to promote uh, the show at the Blue Elephant Theatre on the 1st of June. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm speaking with stand-up comedian Fitzgerald Honga, who's talking to us about, he's been giving us some of his history in stand-up comedy. He's just been talking about his show that he's going to be at the Blue Elephant Theatre on the 1st of June. I want to jump back into, uh, you know, discussing stand-up comedy because of a particular project that I'm working on, which I'm going to announce at another uh, later stage, but that's all good. Um, so we're just talking to you about your encounters within stand-up comedy. What, from your own perspective, have you seen has been the difference between US stand-up comedy compared to UK stand-up comedy? Yeah, I think the main difference between the US and UK stand-up is it's almost the aura and energy and confidence that a US comedian might come on stage and deliver the joke. So I think being self-deprecating comes natural to UK comedians and just it's within the culture. And even when I see um, US kind of comedians kind of go down that lane, there's still a, a weird confidence that they have delivering it. It's not, as, it's not I don't want to say perfect, but it's not, it's not as earnest as a UK comedian might do it, where it's, you can tell, okay, we feel sorry for this guy and we find a way to make it charming and delightful, a bit Mary Poppins-ish, but like we just, we find a way to kind of pull out the, the humor and the darkness of our like um, our insecurities where I feel with Americans, their insecurities are more of a like, it's more of a weapon is what I, I do this, but then like, I'm not afraid to talk about it and I'm, it makes me stronger as embarrassing, but they don't seem embarrassed when they're talking to you about it or it seems there's always a, not cockiness, but the confidence in their delivery. I feel sometimes when I see, maybe it's just their voice, maybe it's just what we're used to, but I feel those are kind of some slight differences. I'm going to ask Brandon that same question. Yeah. So I want to see what his perspective is as he's a, he's an American stand-up comedian who's come to yeah. the UK. So uh, I'm, go I'm going to ask him exactly the same question and see if he gets the same perspective that you have uh, on, uh, on stand-up comedy and the differences yeah. between US and UK. Um, okay, let me ask this question because uh, one of the one of the ways I got to find out more about you was uh, in my search for stand-up comedians, UK stand-up comedians. I got to see a lot of the tour videos that you've been doing, where you've been going from location to location. Uh, tell us about what it's like, um, you know, uh, booking tours and moving from what. How do you go about doing it? Do you work with your manager who gets that sorted out? Do you do it yourself? What's the mindset that you follow? when you're doing a comedy tour? Uh, is, is, uh, well, thank you for calling it a tour. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, that's well for my ego. It's, uh, right now, as uh, myself at the moment, kind of, you meet promoters along the way, different parts of the, um, the UK. And a lot of times, Facebook, obviously, is a massive um, starting point to kind of find about shows. And then you try to get on a good bill and say, outside of London, which oftentimes you get more time. And then once they develop the connection, those promoters know, oh, we can trust Fitz, we can trust Brandon or whoever. And then so when they have like a better show or uh, just, just more time, they can call you up, you want to come do this. So a lot of the time you have to put in effort, you have to keep on ringing up. You have to keep on ringing up and um, kind of pushing yourself, promoting yourself and continue pushing what you do, sending videos, writing emails, being not aggressive, but proactive. And then, yeah, there's a lot of time and effort very tiring at times. If you're not staying over, you're getting home at least at one o'clock. But it's worth it just to put yourself and your name around um, the UK circuit. 
And with that in mind, what is your vision of success in stand-up comedy? What do you uh, what do you visualize success being for you in stand-up comedy? Uh, the media effect is to quit the nine to five. That would be perfect. And then from that, it's self-sustaining. I want to write um, sketches, do sketch shows, do um, comedy movies, and just be a stand-up. Just I want to grow better in my craft and find what is the final form of fits as a stand-up. That might never come, but I, I love the journey. And then whatever comes from that, comes from that. But as long as I'm able to kind of, I've, I've enough belief to myself that if I keep on doing it, I keep on improving and keep on getting more success, that everything, you know, monetary gains is, will, will come outside of it. But I feel more fulfilled and I get on stage and I'll enjoy it more. Because at the moment, sometimes, you know, it's a bit nerve-wracking, you're doing shows, you're not sure if this job's going to work, that's going to work, if that's not going to work. But, and that never goes away, but it would be nice to just, that to be my sole um, focus in what I do going forward. Fantastic. And if people want to follow you, Fitz, to, to see some of your videos, some of the sketches that you've been doing, what are the social media tags that they can follow to follow you? Uh, the main place to find me is uh, Fitzgerald Hunger on Instagram, uh, where you find a lot of like, um, like I said, a lot of my videos, um, my silly videos, my vlog videos of my my touring around UK doing stand up comedy, or just being silly. Or then uh, follow me on Twitter at Fitzhunger, and those are the two main places you can get in touch. You know, see see if you like me, come to one of my shows. I guarantee I'll make it off. Excellent, Fitz. Thank you very much for joining us uh, again. Want to push as many people uh, as we can to the show on the first of June. It's the Blue Elephant Theatre in Camberley, Camberwell, Camberwell, yes, so go check out uh, Fitz, go check out Brandon, go check out the rest of the uh, the crew at the Blue Elephant Theatre on the 1st of June. Fitz, thank you very much for joining us on Shoot the Breeze. Thank you, thank you so much. So that was my conversation with Fitzgerald Hunger or Fitz Hunger. Uh, who is hosting the uh, comedy night at the Blue Elephant Theatre in Camberwell. In his list of performers that he called, he mentioned, he also mentioned Brandon Palmer, who producer Dave and I had the pleasure of talking with, so we had, let me, let me put this grammatically. I, I always like to correct myself grammatically. With whom we had the pleasure of talking to. I've just butchered that up. Let me just rephrase. We spoke with Brandon Palmer. Here was that conversation. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we are joined by one of the stand-up comedians who's going to be performing at the Blue Elephant Theatre uh, on the 1st of June. We've just been talking to Fitzgerald. Uh, who's who is introducing the show? But let's talk to this uh, this comedian who's going to tell us his name and how long he's been doing stand up comedy for. How you guys doing? What's up, Marcus? Thank you for having me this evening. Really appreciate it. My name is Brandon Palmer. I've been doing stand up comedy for about six and a half years. Excellent, Brandon. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, we are I'm working on a project which I will announce later on on this show. Uh, but what I'm going to be doing now, I've got you on the show to talk to us a little bit about stand-up comedy. And I want to start off, first of all, by asking you, why did you get into stand-up comedy? 
I've always enjoyed laughter and being the source that generated that laughter. Like when I was younger, I used to watch tons and tons of comedies from like Ken and Kel to I'd watch a bunch of Sinbad as a stand-up comedian, Mark Curry. I, I watched Eddie Murphy, Eddie Griffin. Uh, I watched Chris Rock. And I, I just love the power of being able to just laugh. When you're laughing, nothing else matters. When you're laughing, everything's cool. Time's flying. Everything's great when you're laughing. Just when you have that moment of just laughter. And I don't know if you ever had this, Mark, but that point where you're laughing so much where you can't breathe, it's one of the wildest moments because you can't breathe. This is not good, but you're still laughing because the content that you just heard was just that that hilarious so i like the idea of being able to generate that within people it's great just hearing some of the names you mentioned obviously eddie murphy gets he gets brought up every time comedy uh is mentioned or but some of the names the throwback you talked about mark curry uh i grew up watching hanging yeah. with hanging mr cooper uh and mr cooper great. yeah yes yes i loved watching that show um uh, and then you mentioned Sinbad as well. Sinbad sort of kind of dropped off the radar, but then got back up and so on. But yeah, watching uh, those, yeah, that just sparked all of the all those sketches in my head. Um, so it's good to see your influence, what you got, uh, what sort of pushed you into getting into stand-up comedy. I asked Fitz this same question. I want to ask you as well, what was the best advice you got from a comedian or from anyone else about stand-up comedy? It was it was indirect and it wasn't said like directly to me. It was like I, I did a show at We Are Funny Project. And it was when they had a venue down Stars and Garters in um, Battersea. And the guy who was hosting, Alex Martini, he said, if Brandon took stand up comedy seriously and did more gigs, he'd be a hilarious comedian. And I was like, hey, I thought, I, hmm. So I just started to do more gigs and more gigs. And it's true. Like. It's a weird thing. It's sort of like the gym, where if you keep working the same muscle over and over and over again, that muscle is going to become larger. It's going to you know, expand. And I think with comedy, the more you do comedy, the more your comedy begins to expand. As long as you're brave with it. Like if you see an idea you think is funny, you try it on stage. Maybe it's not fully memorized. Maybe the idea is not fully formed. But by going out and doing that on a regular basis, you become stronger as a comedian. And with regards to you talking about actually trying out something on stage, obviously you, you have to have a, a joke, first of all, that formulates in your head. Now, I know we've all had that moment where you're talking to somebody, you're telling a story, and then that person laughs, and then you, you realize, okay, you must have said something funny. Uh, how do you construct a joke that you feel, ah, this is good to be able to go on stage and stand up and tell people so people can pay me to tell this kind of story? I've got to be honest. It's got to be an honest story. It's got to be something that made me initially chuckle. Like, for example, I have a bit, a joke that I made about a news article I read, and it said, my 36 double J boobs almost killed me. And I was like, hey. It, the initial thing made me chuckle, but I thought, I can make a joke about this. And, and I made a joke, and it's gone down really well. You know, it's just about the whole thing. Like, you know, women will call certain things an issue, which men never will. Like, no matter how large our penis gets, I'm never going to call it an ailment. Like, like this, this funny things in my head, you know? So, and I try it and it works. And sometimes I try, it doesn't work. So it's just about having the courage to do it. I don't know. I've had complaints about my penis. 
But <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm, sorry. Now now I'm gonna edit that joke. bit out. I'm gonna edit that bit out. <laughs> Save it for behind the scenes. Save it for behind the scenes with Marcus. Marcus gone wild. There you go. Uh, absolutely. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco. And I'm producer Dave. I'm glad my mom doesn't listen to this show. Uh, we're here with oh, a yeah. stand-up comedian. Who says? <laughs> She's gonna, I'm going to get a get text on Friday night. It's like, um, what's this you said on air? No, it's fine. Uh, we're here with stand-up comedian uh, uh, who's Brandon Palmer, who's going to be performing at the Blue Elephant in Camberwell. I mean, yep. I said Camberwell. Yep. It is Camberwell, correct? Camberwell, Camberwell, yeah. Excellent. I made a mistake. I said it to Fitz. I was like, Camberley. I was like, no, no, no. Don't send people to Camberley. It's Camberwell. It's going to be Camberwell <laughs> on the 1st of June. Uh, so Brandon is telling us uh, some of his, some of uh, his, you know, what his inspiration to get into comedy. Um, now, uh, Brandon, you're, uh, you're a, a British, well, you're, you're in the UK. You're yes, clearly an American, unless you're faking the accent like I am. You're clearly an American <laughs> comedian in the UK. So I asked Fitz this one question, and he did take a dig at you uh, when he did <laughs> his answer. I'm not going to tell you what he said. You have to listen okay. to the show to hear what he said. Um, okay. From your perspective, what are the differences between UK and US stand-up comedians? I'm going to be honest. There's cliques on both sides in US and UK. But the UK seem to be very cliquish with super little. Like, they don't have a foothold in stand-up comedy in no sense. It's not Edinburgh. It's not the Just for Last Festival in Canada. It's nothing like that. But they act so cliquish. Like, they have particular individuals that they want to represent their comedy. And it becomes super insular. It's like, there are huge, there's hilarious people with hilarious different backgrounds all throughout British culture. I've been here since 15. I'm an American with a British perspective of America. Like, I have a British perspective, but from an American's outlook. That's unique. That's unique. And I feel like individuals who don't fit certain brackets, they try to not push as much, which I think is it's a little bit weak, if I'll be honest. Like, if we're talking about humor, everyone laughs. Everything's funny. Things I find funny, things you find funny. Everything's funny, but it's when you put ego into it when it becomes not as funny. Oh, my God. He said that about bears. I love bears. How can you talk about bears? I love bears so much. It's like when you put your ego into it, that is, that's when it's not fun. Oh, my God. He talked about mothers. My mother died last week. How could you say that? It wasn't about your mama, baby. I didn't even know your mom was dead. Like, damn. Why are you at a comedy show? Your mama died last week. Shouldn't it be morning? Why are you even here? Like, that, why is that even my fault? So I'm saying, like, that's the difference. There's too much ego, I feel, out here. Egos and clicks. So so you feel egos in, in the UK stand-up comedy scene, there's a lot of ego, a lot of clicks. Um, yeah. In, in, okay. So kind of like the, like the American high school cafeteria where Big you time. have different groups. That into, so uh, you mentioned something you mentioned just a few seconds ago where you, you said it appears that the UK comedy scene want to have a specific group of comedians representing British yeah. comedy. As, as the, the, the uh, interloper that you are, please tell us, who do you see as the ones that the UK comedy scene try to promote? I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to be openly disrespectful, but it's the standard self-depreciating, out-of-shape, weird, odd-looking individual. It's, it's the... Um, 
super strong, independent female that talks down about men and men problems and stuff. It's just like the isolation comedy, the comedy that puts everyone in these brackets where no one can mix and mingle. Whereas I'm trying to show everyone, we all, I, I did a show in Sitting Bourne uh, last week, Thursday, and there was a girl just looking at me straight faced, straight faced throughout the show. And then I made her laugh and I looked at her, I said, yes, we can laugh. You ain't shit just like me, baby. That's what we're here to do, laugh and have fun. Why are you getting so sensitive about it? Like, don't give me a straight face. It's a comedy show. Laugh. That's, I, I understand exactly what you mean. That, in fact, that actually leads me on to one of my next questions. Before we do that, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And here we are with Brandon Palmer, who is a, a stand-up comedian who is going to be performing at the Blue Elephant Theater in Camberwell in, on the 1st of June. Make sure you go and see him. We're going to be putting links to, to uh, get tickets uh, on the show notes for the, the podcast that goes out on Monday, but it's on the 1st of June. Don't forget to go see it. You go and check out very funny Brandon Palmer. Now, Brandon, you mentioned uh, about the girl who was uh, not laughing at one of your shows. Can you give us an example of maybe one of, if something that you might remember, one of your, uh, your performances, your, your, your most memorable bomb? Can you give us your worst, <laughs> your most memorable bombing? Um, My uh, most before. memorable bomb, and this was memorable because it was a culture shock. I was I so I go I do comedy in London, out of London. I went to a comedy show in Birmingham. I wasn't aware that Birmingham had a very large, mature Jamaican community. I had no idea. So I got some jokes that dabble in the homosexual perspective of life, right? Because I've had it. I've had like experiences where homosexual guys have approached me and talked to thinking I swing that way. And again, you know, people can make them say, cool, I'm dropping these jokes to them. They just like waiting for me. It was it was like three minutes of silence. It was the longest three minutes of my life, brother. I got houses like, oh man, this ain't good. This ain't good. And it was my first time performing there. So to them, I look trash. But it was just like my perspective on what I was talking about, they weren't feeling. And, 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 to, and to give complete context, I know that there is a history of homosexuality in Jamaica. I'm not just talking about bun chichiman, blah, blah, blah. I know that there is a historical reference to buck breaking and how that was used as a weapon to demasculate a lot of black men during the slave time. I know all of this. I'm aware of all this now, more so now, more than ever. But they just weren't feeling it. And, you know, respectfully so, that wasn't up their alley. It's, it's good that that came to you like that. I didn't prep you with that question at all, but it's nah. stuck in your head because you're <laughs> oh, like... It's a lesson. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. <laughs> so, are you going to go back to, to, to Birmingham? Go back Hell to yeah, I'm going to go back to Birmingham. They need to know that I'm funny, funny. Like, that, I'll take that bit out of my set. Or to be fair, I, I've, I've changed it. Like, so, for example, I, I make jokes where I'll say, like, for example, those are time where I was getting my hair cut by my Jamaican barber. He was really, really close to me to a point where I almost feel uncomfortable. Then I had to say to myself, what am I talking about? Brandon, Jamaican men aren't gay in public. Now, now, now I know that hits some, I know that hits a little bit, uh, but I mean, I'm saying everybody has gay members in their family, Jamaica included. I would have just said, just keep, just, just go even further. Just, just push it further. Just walk on stage and just go, hey, I'm back. And uh, just, <laughs> just go straight into it. So, so my, my, hi, y'all yeah. didn't like me last time. 
I'm back, though. Because what you may find, right, is that you you you'll start to carve out a niche, a niche in you know in Birmingham because you're <laughs> right. gonna be there and you're gonna have a whole bunch of people who are gonna be like, not this guy again. They're gonna keep come popping in, and they'll be standing at the back, and you'll notice them from the first from the first show, and then like the next show, you see them move to the middle, and then the next show they move to the Winning front. them over. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. And at the end of the show, they'll be buying you drinks, and those are your—that's your loyal fan. That's your fi- loyal fan that, base. You know what? So, so for guys who are listening now, Marcus is giving some actual, legit managerial advice. Now, building your fan base is very important, whether you're a comedian or, or even if you work at a local supermarket. People that want to engage with you—that's your fan base. They help you develop. That's good advice, Marcus. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. I <laughs> shot the breeze I- with that question. I, yeah, exactly. And, and I'm, in fact, you just you hit the nail on the head with uh, where you, you talked about advice for people who are starting off. I want to jump into that in just a few minutes. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we're getting a comedy masterclass from a stand-up comedian, Brandon Palmer, who's going to be performing at the Blue Elephant Theatre uh, in Camberwell on the 1st of June. And he's about to give us some advice uh, for those of you who are considering jumping into stand-up comedy. Uh, now, there are a couple of concepts on the throw your way, Brandon, and I'd like okay. to get your take on it just to sort of get an explanation as to what it is. So when someone says a tight five or a tight seven or a tight ten, what does that mean? A tight five, seven or ten is a set amount of time where you are consistently funny from the start till the end. Now, I believe that you should be getting laughter from the from the audience every, say, 10 to 15 seconds, you should be getting a laugh from the audience. And if you're not getting a laugh, then the time that elapses when it's silent, you should be building towards a huge laugh, which knocks them on their face. So a tight five is you've got, t- like, they call it gold. Everything works. Everything's funny. You've memorized it. You have all the beats down. you got the right um, tempo. Everything's great. That's a tight five. 10 or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Excellent. So when a stand-up, when, a, when somebody is stepping into the world of stand-up comedy, they start off with a type five. They need, they need to get a type five, then move up to a type seven and so on. Um, yes. When when do you then consider yourself, because I, um, I, I'm working off the assumption that when you have a type five, that's you doing open mics and just trying to get yourself yep. out there. When do you get yourself like you are on the bill of, uh, you know, you know, performing at a club, being on the poster that goes out saying, you know, come check out Brandon Palmer. At what point do you feel you've gotten to that stage? Um, okay, well, there was a few things on my side. So, for example, when I met um, the guy who's organizing it, Fitzgerald, I met him at a live comedy night in Surbiton. And me and him were the only black guys there. So while me and him be the only black guys there, I was making a joke about Halloween and how black people get killed really easily in horror movies or whatever. And this one woman said, just don't turn the lights on. And I'm like, I'm, I'm still black in the dark, lady. I'm still black in the dark. Like, I can't be like, oh, no, the police coming. Turn them lights. Click. And then I looked at the Fitzgerald, like, Fitzgerald, you tell them lights. They're coming to get us. So I built like a little bit of a rapport with Fitzgerald from there. And then I asked him to perform one of my nights. So one of the big parts of getting yourself in, you know, building yourself up to being at different nights is networking and talking to the comics. Set your own night up. Bring other people down to perform at your night. That's the first part. Second part, failing, 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 
telling. You've got to make jokes that aren't funny after jokes that ain't funny, and you're slowly going to start to carve away all the non-funny till it leaves you with what is actually funny, and you can build on that. And the more you do it, the better you get at it, and it's a constant rinse and repeat. There's not a time where I get on stage where I'm not some level of nervous or shook or scared. It's always there because I care about it. If I didn't care about it, I, I would walk on stage. Hi, guys, I'm Brandon. I got some jokes to tell you, blah, 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 blah. It, it, the energy is dead. So you got to fail, and you got to fail often, and you got to keep doing it, and you can't lose enthusiasm. Because comedy is the one of the weirdest things because people watch you in your development process and judge you. Like, if you watch a doctor studying for an exam, and you judged his future successes off of how he studied, we wouldn't have any doctors or teachers or anyone. But because comedy is in your face, oh, I didn't like the joke he made there. Oh, I thought he's going to make it in comedy. It's just like, be easy, man. Relax. Brandon, just a quick question. Um, going back to something we talked about before. How do you recover from a bum? What, own what? it. Own it. You got to own it with your whole chest. Like, that was bad. No one laughed. I sucked. You got to own it. You can't be like, well, actually, I'm hilarious and the crowd doesn't get me. No, you can't because it's not the crowd's fault. You didn't communicate what your joke was well enough. You got to lean into the bomb. I sucked that night. I wasn't funny. I'm going to do another show. where I, like, I had a joke, same joke, at two different venues. It got an applause break on one and absolute silence at another. Just got to keep at it. And just following on from that question the producer Dave just asked, how do you deal with hecklers? Destroy them. You got to destroy them, talk about them, their shoes, the shape of their head. They're probably um, got erectile dysfunction and they're using this moment to talk on stage to make you feel better. The fact that you couldn't fire off when you were in bed last night, your wife doesn't like you or you're divorced. You got to say something to make them regret. I'm never going to talk because it's a warning to everyone else. I'm not talking to Brandon's show. He said something about that guy's mama, like, damn, his mama wasn't even around. She's dead. Why are you at a comedy show if your mama's dead? What is wrong with you people? Stop coming to comedy shows if your mama dead. Um, but, like, you have to destroy a heckler. You can't give them any type of um, leeway. Well, they'll keep coming at you. People come to your shows specifically to heckle you. I like the callback to your dead mama. <laughs> hey, you, you spotted that. You spotted yeah. that. Yes, I did. Uh, Brandon, if people want to follow you and, uh, you know, get to see your shows and, and get more of your comedy, how can they find your social media tags? Social media is the Brandon Palmer. That's T-H-E-B-R-A-N-D-O-N-P-A-L-M-E-R. That's on all my social medias beside uh, Twitter, which is the Brandon Palmer, because someone took the selfish bastard. Or go to my website, thebrandonpalmer.com. And if you want to see something instant, type in Brandon's Morning Joke in Google. You'll see Brandon's Morning Joke. I did a bunch of them during lockdown. I didn't have anything better to do. So it was just me talking about topical issues, all the drama that went down with Megan and the royal family. So Brandon's Morning Joke, check that out. Will do. Brandon Palmer, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on Shoot the Breeze. Uh, we oh, wow. hope that you, we, we know your show is going to crush at the Blue Elephant Theater in Camberwell on the 1st of June. Um, are you going to be doing that as it because from what Fitz says, it's going to be they're going to do it every month. Are you doing it every month or I mean, I'm going to do it as much as he has me has me because the Blue Elephant Theater is such a beautiful diamond. Like they should have been doing comedy there. Whatever magic Fitzgerald did like they, they, it's, it's about time. 
that place has been ripe for stand-up because they got the Soho Theater be doing shows. It's like, why not? It's a theater in Campbellwell. Why not? So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about it, to be honest. I'm really, really happy about it. So if he has me there every month, I'm there every month. Excellent. Um, well, I'll do my best. I'm going to, to come up and we'll show, you know, get to see the show. We'll put the uh, links to the theater, to the theater tickets uh, on the show notes for this episode. Brandon, thank you very much for joining us. And we hope you can come back and tell us more jokes. And uh, we'll ask for more tips on how to do stand-up comedy uh, from the master. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy, Marcus. Thank you. I appreciate it. Marcus, Dave, you guys are awesome. Shoot a breeze. And that was our conversation with Brandon Palmer. Uh, it, it was it was a late night conversation, but he, Brandon, Brandon's a what do you what did you think of producer Dave? Oh, he kept me he kept me smiling actually. Um, he was very honest and open, um, especially when you asked him some of those questions. Uh, came up with the truth. Uh, that that thing about uh, how he bounced back from a, a, a bomb yes. was uh, very insightful. It was you know I, I've seen that myself. He was good. He turned around and said he owned it and worked on it as well. I, I liked him. He was quite entertaining. Who did you think he was referring to? Whom do you think he was referring when he was uh, when he mentioned about the uh, UK comedy circuit being very clicky and want a specific, you know, you know, specific figureheads to represent British comedy? Um, Who did you think he was referring? I'm I'm not going to go there because I don't know that much about the British comedy circuit. Sure. I've only sure. been to a few comedy shows and um, they're really entertaining. But uh, yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll tell you what, I'll do my research. I'll find out and I'll do the expose. I'll do the one. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Well, you could always invite them on and say, oh, are you one of the hip figureheads? Oh, we should we do, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> I, you know what? Yes, I'm going to get all journalistic and everything. I'm going to get like uh, Jerry Paxman, and I'm going to be like, I'll, I'll get him on whoever it is, he, she, them. I'll get them on her and say, so uh, there have been, uh, there, there has been talk of you and uh, your friends being more clicky and uh, wanting to keep everyone else out, yet keeping yourselves as the figurehead of UK comedy. Comedy. What do you, what are, what are your thoughts about about such a uh, about such feeling towards you and see how they go. Okay, yes, that's what I'll do. I won't find them out. No, I, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll find out who they are. If they if they say yes to coming on the show, I'll be very gushy and like, oh, you're so great. You're fantastic. And I, well, especially if they make you laugh all the way through, yeah. That's true. If they make me laugh, then yes. If they don't, if they're not funny, then I'll go, I'll go Paxman like. <laughs> uh, so that was so Brandon Palmer, he's gonna be at the Blue Elephant Theater on the first of June. Uh, he also hosts a comedy night uh, at John the Unicorn in Peckham every Tuesday at 8, 8 p.m. So if you're in Peckham on a Tuesday and you want to get some laughs, go, go, go heckle Brandon Palmer. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, yes, go to John the Unicorn in Peckham on a Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And as soon as Brandon Palmer comes, uh, comes on stage, just say, this heckle has come from Shoot the Breeze and see what he says. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank everybody for taking time to sit down, listen to us, 
uh, gab on about whatever we want to talk about. Films, TV, and now talking about stand-up comedy. Uh, if you weren't listening, we wouldn't be doing this. As always, I'd like to thank Resonance FM for not listening to our show. Otherwise, it would have been cancelled easily two to three years ago. Uh, so keep on not listening and keep on letting us use your airways to uh, pollute the minds of people who want to listen to us talk about nonsense. You have been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance FM. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. Dan, thank you very much for listening. I'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.